Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. Hey, Colts Nation, it's Lawrence Owen with Dequel Jackson back with you again for the week four post game for the Miami Dolphins. What a game, Dequel. How'd you enjoy yourself watching that one? I'm glad I was wrong and you were right because <laughs> this was a new, improved Colts team. I love the way they were committed to running the football to take the pressure off of Wentz, try to get him out of harm's way as best you could. However, you still saw the holes with the offense and them stopping games from, you know, the defensive line standpoint. But for the most part, a win is a win. You take them how you get them because they're hard to come by. And no one likes to start on four, which the Colts were able to avoid. Uh, this is definitely something to build off of. And we talked a little bit beforehand. The deep, everyone played well. They were able to create some turnovers. Uh, defense were, were, were playing smothering type defense. And uh, it was good that I was wrong, and uh, you were right, and the Colts got a win. So that's that's what's most important. Oh, yeah, the win is so huge. Starting off 0-3 and all the injuries and, and, and the win situation and stuff like it just looked like the team was digging themselves a hole into the season. And once you get too deep in that hole, it's really difficult to climb out of it. How does a win, even though it's four weeks in, was that is that going to be able to help them maybe maybe get on track for for the rest of the season? Do you think? Heck yeah, heck yeah. Because we we spoke on it briefly last week. When you're in the locker room where you haven't won a game, those side chatters start to creep up. And as a coach and as a player, you hate that. And when that starts to happen, you know everyone becomes a coach. Every player becomes a coach at that point. If you start off, if they weren't able to win this game, where everyone knows how to fix the problems and this is the issue, and you know other other issues start to evolve. So, yes, this was a, a huge win for the Colts, the coaches, the players, everyone involved. Because what goes into a week is a lot. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of long hours. So I was happy to see this team finally get in that win column. Obviously, they got a tough test coming up, but they beat a football team. They beat a football team, uh, again, with all the injuries and all the the what-ifs going into this game. Carson was able to play. He was still able to – I got a lot of respect for that guy, man. He stands in the pocket. You know, we talk about it weekly. He stands in the pocket. He's still able to deliver those throws, and he's getting hit nonstop. He's a tough guy. And the, every week every week I watch him, I gain more and more respect for how he plays the game. and. And it, it should speak volumes to and resonate throughout that locker room. Hey, you know, we're, we may not be playing where we want to be right now, but we did get a win. I'm still here. I'm playing hurt. And I'm still giving you my best effort week in and week out from Carson Wentz. I love it. 
Oh yeah. Um so Carson Wentz yesterday, if you didn't see the stat line, oh, yeah. 74 of 32, 75% completion percentage. Yes. Uh that's that's huge. Two touchdowns, no turnovers. No you know? turnovers. Yes. That's he's had one interception, and that was on that one Aaron Donald play on Jack Doyle on the shuffle pass. Sure. Um sure. And then uh, week one, I think he had a strip sack against Seattle. So, um, I mean, honestly, I, I think he's doing really well so far. Given the circumstances right. that he's been under, he looks so much better out there uh, this week against Miami, being able to shrug off defenders, take off, run for first downs, things. That, now, yeah. there was obvious he still wasn't to his normal self, mm-hmm. but he had enough of himself to be able to to make plays when under duress and that was that's a good sign yeah I, it, it it seemed to me watching that football game that he he's kind of embraced the role of this team and what's in front of him right it's like listen i when i signed up in the offseason this was supposed to be i was supposed to be clean in the pocket all these good things i could, you know but we all know every season is different he's it seemed like between Wentz and this offense and Frank Wright, they settled in. It was like, listen, what can we do to be play efficiently on the offensive side of the ball? And in turn, you know, they have one of going into this game, the Colts hadn't played with much of a lead in four games. And so this was the first time this team was able to play with the league. And you we, we were able to see this team kind of lean on, you know, Jonathan Taylor in this run game. You know, he had over 100 yards. That helps. Any quarterback will tell you that takes a, a huge burden off of their shoulders and their arms. So uh, I think he's embracing that role. And I think offensively, there was a great game plan implemented and the defense fed off of it. You know, still opportunistic. They were still able to create turnovers. And again, I'll say it every week, Darius Leonard, he is always around the football. You know, just just a, a yeah, I see you rocking. <laughs> just always and great football players always find a way to be around a football and they benefit off of others making plays. And we're witnessing that. And he's becoming we talked about it in the past. Your guys who are your productive guys and your leaders, you're paying a lot of money to. They have to step up in these moments where your team is struggling. He's proven it. He you know, that D line, I thought Eber Flues came up with a great game plan to just smother what uh, the Miami Dolphins, um, you know, were doing offensively. I'll say this last point, and and I'll let you speak. You asked me last time about who had the advantage, right? Was it the the Colts playing against Jacoby Brissett or Brissett against the Colts, a team that he was very familiar with? Well, that question was answered. It clearly was the Colts and Frank Wright because they knew him through and through. uh, And, you know, I – Everyone's excited. The Colts were able to, to win a football game and, and just get that nasty win uh, loss taste out of their mouths. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, right before we, we came on here about uh, Jacoby Brissett. The stat line and the score does not state how no. badly the Colts were defeating Miami. Uh, yeah. In beginning of the fourth quarter, when the Colts made the score 20-3, to three, Miami had less than a hundred of total offensive yards, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Brissett had like 67 yards passing. Uh, the mm-hmm. run game was like 20 or 30 yards. It was, it was, it wasn't until the Colts defense was like, 
or Eberflus was like, all right, it's late in the fourth quarter. We got a three score right. lead. We're going right. to kind of go a little bit into the, uh, you know, kind of prevent defense. Yeah. I, and then you, Brissett was able to throw downfield and kind of make big plays. You know, I always hated that as a player. When anytime <laughs> you got a comfortable, cushiony lead, you, you, you know, Coaches start to call a less aggressive game, which I get it. They're playing the clock as opposed to mm -hmm. the score. And as a player, I hated that, Lawrence. I absolutely hated it because you you were playing soft zone, and now a quarterback is able to pick, you know, stand in the pocket comfortably, just dink and dunk the ball down the field. It works, but as a player being competitive, I hated that. I hated that crap. So when I watch that game and just, you know, you're giving them new life, and you just never know in today's game the way the game is played. But – it worked out this time, so I, I, I got no um, – there's no need for me to question it. It works out, and, uh, you know, it was really good because that defense was smothering. And, you know, granted, um, jo Jacoby Brissett isn't the most flea of foot, you know, so to move him off his spot was a win every time you saw him move outside of the pocket to his left or to his right. So I thought they did a phenomenal job of game planning and executing that game plan. Oh, I, I believe so as well. Now, in this game, there was quite a bit going on back there. Now, Jacoby was only sacked three times, and he was a strip fumble. That that was a, the play with Grover Stewart. Uh, he didn't even strip the ball. He just he he was pinned ball so much. Right, Brissett was by the defenders because there was so many defenders around him mm -hmm. that he ended up just losing grasp of the football and it came out and Darius picked it up and, and took off with the ball. Yeah. Um, there was multiple times where the Colts was able to get a lot of pressure. Kamoko Ture had two sacks and two tackles for loss in this game. And, and we were talking about how the Indianapolis Colts earlier in the season, their younger, all those second round picks that Chris Ballard had invested in their defensive ends over the course of the last three, four years that right. one of them or two of them really needed to step up in this game. And Kamoko Ture really stepped up and got some pressure and got some finishing sacks. And that, that was huge right. as well in this game. Yeah, you, you have to, you know, Chris Ballard, I've always been a, a huge fan of his and how he's been able to build the team through the draft. You know, Darius Leonard being one of those guys who who arguably is one of the, you know, best linebackers in the league. So you love to see those young draft picks kind of flourish and step into their own role and help this team win and be the be the guys that are, are, are the, the guys you can count on. So that, that's always great when when you can have contributors from your high draft picks. That's what you want. That's ideal situation. I, I think they, they just have to feed off of this moment. You know, you, you have to use this momentum and get ready to play a, a, an even better and more efficient football game this upcoming week because every week from here on out is going to be a test. It doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier. It, the pressure's not going to, you know, whatever corrections you didn't correct the previous week, you better believe you're going to see it from a offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint. So uh, I agree with you on that, that it was very refreshing to see some of these young guys make some plays. The red zone offense for the Indianapolis Colts have been horrible through the first three games. Yes. This week they went to their big guys and specifically a tight end, Mo Alley Cox. Yes, yes, he only had three yes. catches, but he had 42 yards and two touchdowns. 
Mo Ali Cox is a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound <laughs> tight end. Right, he's or a glorified six, tackle. <laughs> um, yeah, you and, can say he's and, a tackle. <laughs> and being he's like six six and two sixty, how difficult is that to cover him in space? You can't. You can't cover him or a guy my size. I'm I'm six foot. You can't get around that big body. His long arms, uh, and you know, again, I thought he had some very pivotal plays, some big chunk yardages that we needed that we didn't expect from from him, from him. You know, he, he's a big target. And to answer your question, in the red zone, he is a mismatch. There's no one as tall, you know, as long as he is in that red area. And I think this is something that we need to look into. You know, put him on the field. You know, I know he's a great blocking tight end, but. Heck, man, he's shown that he could he could show up when he needs to. I know we got Jack Gore, who's one of my favorite players on the on the Colts. But uh, you know, who you had a pivotal use. third down and long conversion in the fourth quarter. By the Jack, way, sorry for interrupting you. No, no, no. Jack has been <laughs> that's who Jack Doyle is. And like I said, I've always I told Jack him you know personally when I was there how much of a fan I was of him. And uh, obviously, you 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 have him his consistency, but Ali Cox, you you have to find a way to get him more touches or more targets, just targets in the red area, just to, you know, as a defense watching that, you see a guy that's so tall and, uh, you know, it's hard to, to he bat, he boxes you out as like a basketball term. And if you put it in his catch radius, you know, he's a pro. He's He should come down with it. So uh, he's definitely, I would hate to be matched up against a guy of his size if I was still playing right now. There was no way. I would probably call a timeout or something. Because <laughs> that that will be six every time, and I can admit that <laughs> I can admit it. <laughs> um, um, man, uh, so you we you touched on the run game, how the Colts kind of leaned on that a little bit, or pretty heavily actually. Jonathan Taylor had sixteen carries, hundred and three yards. Yes. Uh, but to be fair, uh, like four of those carries in the fourth quarter, they were just run up the middle and, you know, eating clock, get a yard, maybe two, you know, sure. uh, his, his average was, was closer to eight until they were, you know, eating clock. Marlon Mack, the guy who just came out, we, we just heard the news last week that they, they were, you know, they mutually agreed to get a trade. Marlon Mack comes in for Taylor in the fourth quarter and gets 10 carries. What are your thoughts on Mac? Because a lot of people were like, "You don't, you don't play Mac. You're trying to trade him. He might get hurt." But in my opinion, if you're wanting to do Mac a favor because of what he's done for you in the past, and I've said right. this: give the man a little bit of uh, opportunity to show himself on film what he's right. still able to do because he's coming off that Achilles injuries, and some teams right. might be a little worried about that. You know, right, right. And uh, I thought, I thought him coming in in the fourth quarter. Uh, making some really good, uh, really good yes. film out there. Made some good plays, uh, showing that he still has good uh, lateral quickness, which which is huge for a running back, especially like I said after the injury that he had. Yeah, sure. I think it's important that you play him. I mean, it, the better he plays, the better his his trade value goes up. Mm -hmm. And to your point, this guy a few years ago, he was the guy. He was in the backfield with Frank Gore. And he was a change of pace back. I think he can still play and help this team. However, this team is the running back situation has become crowded. But uh, I think you play him. I think you play him. And he's shown, uh, on another note, his professionalism. 
mm-hmm. you know, not it, it isn't easy for a guy to once be the guy or the guy in waiting and to all of a sudden be drafted over. And now these other two guys are getting the bulk of the carries. And now they're the feature point, focal point of your running game and passing game and what have you. So it's extremely difficult to be in his position. You know, obviously he's getting paid handsomely to play the position and all of that. We can all agree on that. But, you know, I think you have to play him. He can still help you. You know, with Carson Wentz and the O-line struggles and not having a consistent group week in and week out, you lean on these guys. And, and again, I'll go back to my original point. You play him because in his mind, every opportunity he gets, he understands they're probably going to trade me at some point. And, And if... You know, one team doesn't want me. There's 31 other teams that are looking and watching the film and grading, you know, the running back position and every other position on the field. So I think it's very important if he's healthy, let's show the other teams, hey, this guy is mobile. He can still run. He can still help us. But we have two guys that we're, we're counting on right now. And there's no point for us to keep three three uh, running backs. So uh, I agree. I, well, I don't agree with the the, the sediment of, you know, don't play him and keep him healthy. Listen, you play running back. Throw him out there. You know, he's only going to help himself, which in turn will help the Colts and their trade value. Absolutely. And and let's not forget, this is a 17-game season this year. 18 weeks, not including the playoffs. You know, this is a longer season than what teams are used to. Uh, being able to have these amount of running backs that are able to play and put them in and that's going it's to a luxury. Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to keep them more fresh throughout the season. You know, when you get down to the 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 fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth game, or in the playoffs, you know their legs might yes. be a little bit more. For, they might be a little less beat up when you get into the play. If you get into the playoffs, yeah. I'm just saying. Right. You right. know, but that's, that's just like any any position, right? right. I mean, in, in in on a team, if you got if you got a luxury to be able to. Uh, kind of switch guys in and out and keep people healthy right. and fresh and that it keeps them playing very well throughout the game and right. later into the season so, you know what becomes an issue is the whole you know i want the ball if it's only one football and you have to manage you know three and if we could keep it in the running back room you have to manage three personalities who mm-hmm. they can be the greatest guys ever but you're still competitive you know, you still feel like you can help a team. So you have to manage that. And most teams, that's that's difficult. If you don't have a guy in that running back room who and a head coach who can manage all of that and and not have any issues kind of come up, uh, come up, because I, I'm pretty sure there's there's some tension in that running back room. You know, Marlon Mack, we haven't heard anything um, that lead that points to that. I'm not I'm trying to create a story here, but I've been in situations before where. You know, myself was asked to take a different, a less of a role when I wasn't ready after making a Pro Bowl year. And there's nothing you can do as a player. You just have to deal with it, not let it affect your preparation, how you play. And, you know, because everyone's watching, everyone's grading how you're going to respond, you know, based on things not going as well for you. So uh, there's there's so many different elements to, you know, that that dilemma. But again, I'll agree with your point. If you have three guys, more than capable of guys, to get the job done, you know, this is a long season. You do play the running back position. You know, guys, you know, there's one guarantee we have this saying in the NFL. There's one guarantee about the NFL is you're going to be injured at some point. You know, Mm -hmm. so 
you deal with things throughout the course of the year. And, and the way this team has been playing offensively, you need all the weapons you could possibly have. You know, I don't know what the status of T.Y. Hilton, but I can tell you this, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. has emerged as a guy, as a guy you can consistently, you know, count on. And, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, there's a long season. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully these guys that we've had banged up, uh, you know, Quentin Nelson, these guys come back and then they hit the ground running. And that's what we all hope for. But in the meantime, you got to find a way to get themselves out of this this strange hole they're in right now and and uh, collect some wins here in the near future. Yeah, I believe that as well, especially with the fact that um, we have a lot of players that, in my opinion, because of injuries they're 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 not playing and and, and it's not because of the injuries because of lack of playing time practice time that they're not they're not playing to their fundamentals like xavier rhodes yesterday second game back this year he got two pi calls on deep passes right that's that's a bat is that a situation is am i right in that is that a situation where he just hasn't been practicing and and his fundamentals and all that is a little shaky and rusty you're spot on. You know, any player that's been out for a period of time. And I'll get I'll answer this question. It, it, so you look at you look around the league, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was uh, a MVP uh last year and off of an NFC championship game, and yet he missed all of the offseason workouts and they had a slow start. So it takes not only does it take practice reps, it takes game reps to get into that, to build that callus, to get in that routine of the speed of the game, the physical, the physicality of the game. So it definitely plays a part. Now, you know, every season, regardless of all of that, you still start off slow, you know, until you get your conditioning now. Because I can imagine playing the, playing the defensive back in the National Football League today in today's game. Like, I'm sure he was tired as I don't, I don't know what, you know, just being able to move around and putting your body through different movements that you can't duplicate on the practice field. So yeah, it takes you a bit of time to, and I, and that's when I saw those calls, I was like, you know what, that's, I'm not upset about that. That means he's, 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 he's figuring it out. He's being aggressive enough, enough to kind of, you know, get a routine quicker. So yeah, that is definitely a, um, a correlation to, you know, him not having the reps and not being available in the practice reps. And, you know, it takes game reps to get in game shape, to be game ready. Well, that's that's that could be a problem for the Colts. Yeah, that's, this is right. This is this is a Colts issue, right? This yeah. is a Colts issue is when you don't have enough practice time to build your body up to you know the the stresses of running and being conditioning, and then when you go out and play, you're playing at a different level. The speed is just your body and your mind is just off balance, and injuries creep up, and this is what the Colts have been. You know, and unfortunately, you know, they're in a the position they're in. It doesn't get any easier. But uh, this is every year is so different from, you know, any previous year. You know, uh, uh, you know, and this is just a testament of it. You know, these young guys are now dealing with the the reality of the National Football League. It is difficult to win week in and week out. And year in and year out, doesn't matter that you have the same team. Does if guys are healthy, guys are not healthy. 
you know, you start off hot, you don't start off hot. I mean, all these things play a huge factor and contributing factors in how well your team does. So the Colts run run defense. Oh boy, did they step up! Yeah, I was, um, I was, I was happy for that one. I was oh very my goodness! For that. Because after after seeing what you know, Mister Henry did to him last yeah. week, you yeah. know, and then this week they give up um, around forty yards total on the ground wow. and only give up around two point eight yards per carry. That's 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 winning football. Phenomenal. That's winning football. That's winning. I don't know if I've ever been a part of a team to only give up less than 40 yards total. Right. And that's including the quarterback runs. Yeah. You know, so you know what? If this team is going to get themselves out of this hole, that defense has to step up, continue to be opportunistic, creating turnovers. You take care of the football, um, you know, and your players start to make plays. Um, the guys that you count on it. Uh, it's showing that. Um, or not Quentin Nelson, but uh, Darius, Darius Leonard, he's emerging as that leader. You know, you know he's a leader on the field, but uh, in my mind, the, the most productive guys are your guys to, to lead you, whether you're winning or losing. So I, I'm very, very encouraged about this defense performance last week. So I'm going to bring this up, and this is a situation where I feel like some fans are harder than play harder on players than even coaches are. Uh, I I had a little argument <laughs> on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, oh, yesterday boy. with Mike uh, about Michael Pittman Jr. and he's like he called him Butterfingers. The fan did right, and then he had a bunch of people stack on saying, "Yeah, he's dropping too many passes." I go in, I look at the film, I look at the stat lines. His stat says one drop, right? Uh-huh. But apparently what everybody is mad about is he was signed to get contested catches. That's That was his wheelhouse, right? Okay. And they're like, okay. well, he gets both hands on it. It should be a catch. <laughs> but, I yeah. mean, that's, are hard. <laughs> that, that is difficult to understand. <laughs> If you got a defensive back or a linebacker or somebody draped over you, slapping across your arms, even if you get both hands on it, that is a really difficult thing to 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 maintain control and catch a football. Yeah, yeah you know, fans could be tough at times. Trust me, I know all about it playing in Cleveland. I know yeah. all about it. But, uh, yeah, it is, it's a difficult thing to do. And, you know, those guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid as well. Yeah. You know, so uh, – it's one of those 50-50 balls that is why they call them 50-50 balls. You don't come up with them most of the time. And so uh, I thought he's been, for the most part, his impact this year has been as needed. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we would like all our receivers not to ever drop a ball. But you know what? The the, the great Jack Doyle, he does it sometimes. And we love him. We yeah. love him because yeah. the, the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, you know, fans can be hard on guys. And, and especially so when you're not winning. You know, like right. everything gets over magnified and over, you know, analyzed. And that's a natural human reaction. But I, it's that's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult as heck, man. I don't know how some of these receivers are able to have such strong just presence. And, you know, again, DBs get paid, too. So I, I don't I, I, I'm not going to condemn him on that. I, I think he's been good for this football team, especially while T.Y. has been hampered with his injuries and Someone has to emerge, and those are the guys that 
you look at it, given the opportunity, he's given an opportunity, and I think he's 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 uh, living up to that, it, it, you know, for the most part. Oh yeah, I I believe that as well. But okay, so so you got into a spat with a fan, huh? Like you absolutely, really got like one of my followers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wasn't being disrespectful to the person. I was, never was it a particular game? Was it a particular game? He's just, like, he's no, just he's saying just, in general. You know, yeah, that's that's yeah, what, I, what they do. I need to go back and and, and take a hard look at that because I, I don't nothing really stands out. No, me neither. Um, you know, so. I, I remember one drop, and that's mm-hmm. it. And the yeah. other ones, when it comes to contested catches, a contested catch is a contested catch. It's called that for a reason, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. come on. Like you say, <laughs> right. the defensive guys are paid too, ladies and gentlemen. He's not out there <laughs> right. just pitch catch, you know, like you know, <laughs> right, right. in the offseason or something here. Um, yeah. what, what otherwise, think- otherwise, Darius Butler's going to have a word or two to talk with you about. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh man. And so let me ask you, is it by watching this game, this past game against the Dolphins, listen, a win is a win. Are you encouraged by this football team moving forward? Um uh, were you were you did 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 the last three weeks with this lap this previous game kind of correct some of the wrongs in your eyes of some of their struggles uh from the weeks prior? Do you feel like this team has, has made them a, a bump? and play uh to like you know get them through and get them out of this 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 lost losing hole they're in yes and no uh mm-hmm. there was positives and negatives to take out of this game you know uh you, you talk mm-hmm. about how winning covers up a lot of mistakes right mm-hmm. and you know you yes. watch the game you get excited and you you completely forget about those things that you know, what went bad in that game that shouldn't have happened, you know, miscues. There were so many penalties in this game against the Colts. Yeah. There was pass yeah. interferences left and right. There was offensive. Zach Pascal had two offensive yeah. holding yes. calls. Yeah, that never right? happens. That never, never happens. Never. never. And uh, there, there was a bunch of, you know, n- no false starts, but there was just a ton of penalties mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't. I didn't like seeing, and and they were, they were penalties that shouldn't be called, right? That ended right, up putting the right. Colts in in third and long situations or first and like forever, you yeah, know. Right, yeah. uh, th- that's just shooting yourself in the foot. So penalties are a situation that I didn't like. Obviously, the offensive line still has some problems in areas. Obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're only going to get worse until we get some of these guys healthy. Uh, I don't see – I'm sorry, but um, there's certain players that only have a limit to how well they can play. And you sure. can't expect You're, them to yeah, get that, that was better. kindly. That was yeah. kindly putting it. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right. No, no I, I agree with it. Like some guys just – they are who they are. Mm-hmm. They've maxed out their potential of who they are, and they can't get any better. Yeah. And I think that's – you hit it on the head. That's what we're witnessing, or it's showing us how great Quentin Nelson really is, you know, and, and some of these other guys. So uh, how much they mean from a communication standpoint, because that's one thing I noticed is so it, it, this team is playing like a bad football team, which the record says who they are. Mm-hmm. But I just go back. I can't help but go back to my Cleveland days when I wasn't on. I wasn't on a lot of very good football teams, and those are the 
those are the like tales of a bad football team, inconsistent, you know, bad penalties and, you know, uh, big gains that get negated through holding calls and just bad football being played. And, and you mentioned some of the calls, a, a receiver getting a, a holding call. I mean, how often do we we hear that? You know, and let alone once, but twice. Yeah. Those are signs of just an inconsistent and immature football team. But I like what you said before you, uh, as you alluded to some of the things that concern you was winning over overlooks some of the bad tendencies of a football team. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. I think that that goes to your experience because you better believe, you know, the Colts are trying to iron out. Okay. I know we won everything. Everyone is feeling good about themselves. However, there's a lot of stuff we need to clean up. And if we don't clean it up, we're not we're not good enough to overcome and play from behind, which going into that game last week, I think they had led. I saw a stat during the game. They had only led just under three minutes. It was the first time all season that the Colts offense was on the field with the lead. There we go. Yes. I mean, that. That's difficult. That's that, that's difficult to even have a stat like that, you know. So um, it's just indicative of, of just all the, the the issues this team has had, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this uh, they can clean some things up. You got to give yourself a shot, you know. If you don't clean these things up, you don't give yourself a shot against a really good football team. So I I, I do have a question since since we're we're on that kind of general direction going on right now. Mm-hmm. When you have a win like this, but there has been there was a lot of sloppy plays that led to some sloppy penalty calls and things of that nature. Does the team overlook that on the on the next no. room, or is that no. something that is like hammered down? Hey, there's a bunch of stuff here we need to clean up. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't get a see you Wednesday. You know, a see you Wednesday. I'm I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah, when you win on Sunday, coach tells you normally you come in on Monday. You break the film down. It's official Tuesday. Tuesday is official day off. No, this team. No, um, to answer your question directly. Oh, they're hammering down. They're hammering down on all the 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 MEs, mental errors that that took place, the penalties. At some point, when you've occurred so many, just a sloppy play on both sides of the ball, there becomes some. You know, whether at practice, I've been on teams where. If you're a DB if at practice throughout the course of the week and you're calling, now you have the refs actually, you know, calling holding calls and 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 defensive PI or, or uh, you know, all these different things. So guys are familiar with it and can able to ask questions for the refs so you don't, you know, do this when it counts. So there, there's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, problem solving going on in that building. But, yes, that is not overlooked when you have a football team that has had such sloppy play, but you're still able to win a game. Now, Frank Wright and that, that, that team, they're definitely, uh, you know, trying to figure out how they can correct those things for sure. Well, since uh, you're going to be taking off this Thursday, we might as well go mm-hmm. ahead and take a quick look uh, to this upcoming uh, week's game. Yes. Looking at, cause it's a, it's a big one. It's the final <laughs> It's that fifth week. It's that final game of that really rough stretch that the Indianapolis Colts had to run through. You know, 
uh, five games straight yes. of teams who had 10-plus wins last season. And that's the Baltimore right. Ravens, who yes, the Indianapolis Colts last year, we lost to them, but we mm-hmm. were – I mean, defensively, we were de- dominated them in the first half last year. Right. And right. then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson woke up and started throwing yeah. the football. You know? <laughs> right. And, right. and so – but this is a different Ravens team than what it was last year. They don't have that deep running back uh, stable mm-hmm. that they have had in years past with Lamar Jackson with all the IRs and, you know, that that is because they're dealing with that on their running back stable, whereas we're dealing with yes. it mainly with our offensive line. Uh, what are you yes. looking at coming into this game? Yeah, uh, you look at, first and foremost, you look at, okay, what do the Ravens do well? And we all know, They've been hit with the injury bug in their running back room, but Lamar Jackson has used more of his legs and been effective for them to win games. And if my memory serves me correctly, they have, they just tied an NFL record of 42 games with a hundred yard rusher. So we know what, who they are. We know what they want to do. Lamar Jackson, they want to run the football and, you know, and say committed to it, Lamar Jackson is going to be a huge part of that and obviously have that run set up the pass. So it makes it an easier throw, easier read for Lamar and that, and, and that football team. However, when you look at what we do, I don't know what we do well. I don't know. This team has just been all over the place. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is you can't go into uh, – you, you can't play a, um, a team like the Baltimore Ravens and shoot yourself in the foot and have sloppy play with penalties and so forth and so forth. So that's that's one area. You won't have a chance in hell if you give the ball back to Lamar Jackson and a running team that's going to control the the possession, control the clock rather, uh, you don't give yourself a chance. But I'm looking for a, a dogfight. I, I think the Colts defense, they have a lot to build off of. You know, you see Chris Hen- or Derrick Henry one week and now you shut – you know, the running game down from Miami. And now it's it's a perfect segue to a in a perfect test for you to match up against the Baltimore Ravens. Heavy run first team. So again, I'm excited to see how this team is gonna battle. Um, however, I, I just think Baltimore is just you know, they're be- better polished right now at the moment. I really do. So I'm 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 looking at the Baltimore's team stats right now. Uh, mm-hmm. for this season, and Lamar Jackson has got 280 yards rushing already in four games at a quarterback. As a quarterback, mm-hmm. holy crap, he, 6. Yeah, 6.6 yard per attempt. Yeah, he, he, he's picking up slack, he's picking up slack from that running game. And you know what? That's what he does best. However, you know, you get up if if the Colts, we know this, the the, the easy formula of. of negating and stopping a team like the Baltimore Ravens, you have to get, get build an early lead early in this football team. Um, and cause they're not built to play from behind. They, they just aren't, they, they've always been that way, but somehow Lamar has been able to, to pull out his magical wand and come up with big throws of big plays that, you know, the, the biggest moments of the game. But um, yeah, the, 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 this is a, uh, this, this is going to be a tough one for the Colts. I'm yeah, this is going to be definitely. very, very difficult. <laughs> I think this is a situation. I mean, I think the Colts are are, are kind of built to 
play uh, defensively mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the zone scheme they have and the speed that they have on defense. Right, um, right now, like last year, uh, even when they when the Ravens came back to beat the Colts, the Ravens had the least amount of rushing yards and the least rushing yards per carry of the entire Lamar Jackson era. I think they had like 110 yards rushing total as a team. And right. they were under, uh, I, I think it was like three yards a carry, you know, in yes. that game. Yes. So I, I still expect the Colts to run that same kind of zone scheme with having one of the linebackers kind of, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, uh, right. spying right. Lamar. But Lamar Jackson this year, 60% completion percentage. He's got a, about 1,100 yards passing, which isn't too bad in four games. That's that's, that's actually really, really good uh, mm. through four games. That's over 250 yards a game. Right. Four four touchdowns, three interceptions. Yes, yes. He's he's turning the ball over at a at a clip that you know is not what you would want. It's not winning a winning formula for um, uh, from a team standpoint. And four fumbles. He's turned the ball Ooh. over seven times. This Ooh, year, that is big. That is big. That's giving me that's giving me a little bit more confidence for this uh, this Colts defense because they've been they've been able to turn the ball over at a high clip, you know, mm-hmm. and they they've just found not ways forty to, a season yet, not but, forty yeah. a season. No, but <laughs> it, it, it helps knowing that you know your team can create some turnovers and hey, you know they got a muff punt you know last week so. You know things like that happen when you you start to play play a little bit better as a team and you start to smother teams. But um, yeah, that gives me a lot of confidence. Wow, I didn't I didn't um, know that seven turnovers from a quarterback position. That is not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. But uh, yeah, th- this, these teams are built somewhat similarly. You know, we can run the football as effective. If granted, if all our guys were healthy, we could. I'm confident. I think we both would agree we could run the football at a high clip if all our guys were 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 up and running and and didn't miss time and so forth. But that's you know wishful thinking. But uh, and you look at the other side. They obviously everyone knows what they want to do, and you know it, it's just hard. It's just difficult to to play a team like this, Lawrence. Anytime I played a a team that ran the RPO scheme, I hated it because you're not playing. It slows you down from a linebacker standpoint when you play the game so fast because you have all these moving, excuse me, you have all these moving parts. You have misdirection. You have uh, flash motion from a receiver. You have, you know, not only, you know, the, the running back is a threat running the football, but the quarterback, he can pull it. So it, it makes you play slow down with your, your, your instincts and your, your process of how the, you know, the play unfolds. So I, I hated it. I hated playing these teams because it broke, it breaks all of your your rules as a defender, and you have to learn how to play within this confinement that it just seems so unnatural. So um, if you know the Colts can somehow have a receiver, I don't know who they're going to play. You know, you know what teams do, right? So if you're playing a Lamar Jackson, you'll grab a receiver from the scout team, and he's running RPO, so you can kind of feel his speed and and all those different things. So you know that's. Another reason why I hated the week playing an RPO style offense because it is unnatural, you know. 
and you're tired. You're tired by the time the game starts yeah. because like, you've been God. running your butt off all week trying to chase yeah, down man. a wide receiver. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, the things that it, it, because you know uh, Lamar has like Andrew or Lamar Jackson has receivers, you know, type speed. So you know, I, I just hated it. I really did. I, I really did. I, I hated it. I just hope we we were able to turn the ball over and and win a. Um, uh, and score early so they can abandon it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> right. the Baltimore Ravens defense, uh, they've had some injuries over there, especially in their secondary. Oh, the secondary. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, this is the same football team. No, I'll let mm-hmm. you speak. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just saying uh, defensively, this team is generally – one of those man coverage type defenses like to use man coverage a lot and send a lot of, of wild defensive looks and blitzes and things of that nature to try to confuse an offensive line and a quarterback and, and, and get turnovers themselves, you know, but because of the injuries in their secondary, that hasn't been really playing to the effect that it, it normally does year after year. Uh, but I don't expect them to change it up much, especially with a Carson Wentz that still is dealing with two, you know, sprained ankles and an offensive line, you know, that has been dealing with injuries and not playing the best football in the NFL right now. Like we're used to seeing right. Baltimore. I expect to see a lot of exotic play calls. Uh, oh, they made the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They major in that, that um, what do we call it uh, zone pressures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a zone man concept where when you send pressure, it looks like zone, but the way coaches teach it, if he's in your zone, you man him. He becomes your man. So they've measured in that style of defense for many, many years. Any coordinator comes in, it's like, no, we run this style of this is the brand of football that the Baltimore Ravens play, regardless of and you and you're right, they've had some issues on the back end, however. You know, before the season, they were a team that some probably considered, you know, to be in the AFC championship game. Uh, but now, because of their injury situation on the back end, uh, it has affected how they it, it hasn't shown up as much right now. But they will have exotic pressures thrown at this offense of line because that's one area they're struggling. When I say, you know, they're having a difficult time picking up games, you know. It's not often that you see a team with four or five guys rushing that's running in one direction. You know, they, they, you know, each guy, if it does a two, we call it a two man game. So the tackles and the ends, they run games where one guy goes first, one guy goes underneath, the other guy goes up the field. You know, the other, it, it's so many different moving parts. And this is where, because of the, um, the musical chairs, if you will, at the deep offensive line standpoint, there's no constant communication. There's always a different player here and there. So it makes it more difficult to pick up what Baltimore is going to bring at them. They're going to mm-hmm. have the exotic, whether it be from the nickel, whether it be from corners, um, interior pressure up the middle to get Carson Wentz moving. And um, they've just had a difficult time. The Colts offense have had a difficult time just picking up movement, different movement and different delayed pressures from the opposing teams. And that, that, you know, that's one area that that scares me. But if you can run the football, control the clock a bit, you know, try to mirror that game plan that was successful last week, you have a shot. All right. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, running against this Baltimore defense can be done. Uh, we, yes. we did it last year. Uh, we could do it again. Um, as long as, I don't know, as, as long as the offensive line continues to make their strong pushes, we saw against Miami where there was holes finally that Jonathan Taylor was able to see and take advantage of and rip off. You and I could, you you and I could have ran through those holes. Right. Right. I mean, they, they were, we, we may not have went the 28 yards for a touchdown, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he was breaking shoestring tackles then outrunning (laughs) defensive backs down the sideline, but I ain't doing that. Uh, (laughs) No, no. Is there, is there anyone that's been your, um, not MVP, if you will, but anyone that you didn't expect to, I guess that's difficult because I kind of know the answer to that. Anyone that stands out to you for the Colts that's been playing well that we typically kind of overlook, anyone comes to mind? Well, I, I, mean, I just try to ask myself the question. I was like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that question. One player, but he didn't play last week. And that's Rocky Sin. Got it. I think Rockison has played very well this season, uh, Mm -hmm. especially for a guy that, uh, you know, has been hit for a lot of PIs last year and the year before being a little too physical uh, and then getting burnt occasionally. And Mm -hmm. and this year so far, he's given up uh, through three games. He's given up four catches at six yards a catch, you know, and and he's been on the field 80 percent of the time in those three games. Now, this last week, uh, he was a a scratch, not a healthy scratch. He was injured. Um, But uh, I think he has played surprisingly well. I was hoping to see an uh, an uptick in his performance being this was his third year uh, in the NFL. And we have, we just, it's been a lot better than what I expected. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, that's one. Um, I thought Andrew Sandejo played well yesterday. That's yeah. a, that's a guy, yeah. uh, a backup safety came in for Kari Willis. Yeah, thought he played yes. very very well. So especially, yeah. especially in the the run game, um, being able to come up in the box and help out there occasionally. Uh, uh, Kenny Moore okay. stepped up last. Yeah, no, I, that, yeah, Kenny Moore. He's always been a just a consistent just fireball out there, man. Mm-hmm. He, and it's so rare that a guy his size or a guy just in the secondary for that matter, who are really great at blitzing, mm-hmm. you know, like I think he has a knack for just finding his way. And a lot of guys turn that down. A lot of guys from a secondary standpoint, they don't want to pr- rush off the edge and run in between those tackles because they know one hand on their shoulder pad and they're flying, they're flying out the club, you know? So I think, I think he does a, he plays the game uh, really well. I think he, he, you could tell his football IQ is, is, is really strong and, he only gets better with time, but I really love the way he he's able to play behind the line of scrimmage, which is rare. We can have that combination of of cover skills and being able to to, to blitz and play behind the line of scrimmage. Especially like, like especially like you say, you know, him being that. I hate to use the word slight, but uh, he is mm-hmm. even even for, even for a defensive back, he is a little dude. Yeah, you he's know? a little dude, man. But he he's got a ball of <laughs> he, he's a lion out there, man. He plays yeah, he a is. ton of heart and he's fearless. Yeah, he really is fearless, and he stands. And he's always stood out to me, uh, and he's been, just been a fixture, man. I love his. I love the way he plays the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never had a chance to meet him, but I would love to just sit down and just you know pick his brain. Uh, he just seems like that guy. Yeah, you know? I 
I, I think so too. Well, I mean, when you get cut, uh, undrafted free agent, you're on, you, uh, and the New England Patriots grab you up, and then the Patriots cut you. You know that right. that probably puts a fire under you because the Patriots, yeah. you know, they know how to find good defensive backs. They've always been able to get good defensive backs. It's their offensive line and their defensive backs is what I think is their best at at evaluating. Yeah, uh, and, and, what I've right, noticed. Right, and, and then the, he, the, go ahead. They pick smart guys. They mm-hmm. high football. The one guy who I played with, and we've talked, we brought his name up a few. You brought his name up today. It was Darius Butler. You know, he was he was drafted by the Patriots and mm-hmm. he was arguably I played with a ton of guys on the back end. He was probably one of the smartest guys I've ever played with because he knew he not only knew his job, he knew all the the, the secondary rotations. He knew what the safeties were doing and he also knew what I was doing and he knew somewhat what the old line was doing, you know, why we called what we called. So he was one of the smartest guys. So every guy I've ever played with through New England. They value the IQ standpoint a little bit. It weighed a little bit more for them than the obviously the athletic ability, which I think everyone has. And I think that's the biggest kind of hiccup. Some guys just go for the tall, big, strong, fast guys. And, oh, they can just pick and plug. Oh, we can put them anywhere. No, 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 no. It's the smart guys, man, that 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 figured out, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, Kenny Moore, I feel like he's one of those guys. Well, I mean, his intelligence, I'm going back to Darius Butler here. I think it was that that intelligence and understanding the game as a whole, which really helped him kind of move when when, when it was at that point in his career when the coaching staff stepped up to him and said, hey, look, I know that you're a a defensive back. We've had you play a lot of nickel nickel back with us. Can you step back and play free safety for us now? You know, and to have that intelligence to be able to to step – from you know transition from from that cornerback to that mm-hmm. free safety uh and it was seamless it seemed right. like to me it seemed like he was right. still making all the plays that we were seeing from him right. at cornerback but back at the safety position and and I think you're right I think that that understanding the game as a whole really really helps him in that transition the more you can do I never forget Willie McGinnis uh who was I think he has a record of career sacks in the playoffs uh and he finally was uh his name was on the first ballot for the hall of fame nominees this year i played with him in cleveland i was a rookie he was year 13 and you know uh super bowl champion the whole deal and he always would say the same it was like as a player the more you can do the more you understand the longer you will play in this league and the more money you will make so i've always that's always stood out to me and just to kind of button up what you're saying about Darius Butler, he always and he's always been able to be interchangeable. And when you're interchangeable, uh, I think that adds just more value to you know your player, you as a player, and your longevity in this league. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we're closing in on 55 minutes for this, so this is this has been really good stream because honestly, it doesn't feel like it's been an hour. Um, no, I just <laughs> I was like, wait, what 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 just happened? <laughs> <laughs> where where all the time go? Um, but, uh, real quick thoughts about, uh, this week that this upcoming Sunday's game, do do you think the Colts have a shot at winning? Should, should Colts fans get their, their hopes up, uh, coming into, to week five? Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think it'll be, I think around that middle of that third quarter, I think the game will be close. But I, I think, you know, this team, for them to just completely wipe out the sloppy play is going to be very difficult to do overnight. Uh, when I say sloppy play, the penalties, the the holding calls, things of that nature, you know, that's going to be a lot to overcome with a with a solid foundational football team like the Ravens. I think it will be close at some point, but I do think it's hopeful for the Colts fans to get up for this game. However, I think I just think Baltimore is just they're going to be too much for them. I think they're playing better football at this time right now. I think in a few weeks, if the Colts can continue to build off of their success last week, I think they find their rhythm. I think right now they're just not completely in sync right now with all the the injuries and and the breakdown of protection of your quarterback and those things. And uh, I think that there's definitely you know excitement to to get up for this team um, playing the Ravens. I, I just think the Ravens just just a better football team right now at, right now today. When I looked at the schedule when it came out, I looked at the Ravens game and I was like, this can be a revenge game from, you know, the last couple of times the Colts have faced the Ravens. And, of course, I didn't expect the injuries uh, issues mm-hmm. that we we have been suffering. But as I look at both teams and I realize there is definitely a chance the Colts can win this game. I think if, no if they, they continue to play – uh, if they continue not to turn the football over on the offense and get turnovers with their defense, I think that could generate big time um, kind of energy. You know, like yeah, oh yeah, turnovers. Turnovers are very contagious without throughout yes. the entire team, right? Yes, and um, we saw last week the the penalties were there. The mistakes were there, but they were still able to move the football even with those mistakes and score mm-hmm. 27. Honestly, they should have had 34 points on the board, uh, yes. but, you know, they stopped with a couple minutes, like a minute and a half left inside the 10-yard line, first and goal, you know, and right. they were like, you know right. what, you know, we'll, we'll be the, the the big guys that just knee this out. Uh, <laughs> uh, which which I had a problem. Like, listen, your team, your football team is struggling. Like, any – like forget these more victories, man. I know you won the game. I'm going, I'm working on my craft. I'm, I'm showing these guys we're here to win and we're here to win. However, we're not here to, to have gentlemen's respect towards the end of the game. You know, no, I, I, that's, that's just my, my take on that. Uh, well, I mean, Bill Belichick's take was step on the throat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. basically what he did. You know, if you, if yeah. he was winning by 50, he wanted to win by 75. Yeah. You know? gonna, it, it, you're only helping your football team, mm-hmm. you know, gain that confidence. And again, I say that to say this with our luck, someone would have rolled in that, you know, so you have to roll the dice on that regard. So mm-hmm. I get it. I get both sides. I get both sides, but in the moment as a player, you know, the, the energy is, is, is there. You got some momentum going. Let's finish this thing out. Let's finish right. it out. Uh, I, I uh, to finish the thought, I, I think the Colts have a shot at winning uh, against Baltimore. But like I said, they're they're going to need to get a few turnovers. Like we talked about earlier, Lamar's already given the ball over seven times this yeah. year, uh, as opposed to only scoring four touchdowns uh, 
wait, wait, hold on. No, I don't think there's four touchdowns total. Uh, <laughs> I didn't look at the running. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me let me get back through here and look at this because <laughs> okay. I am positive he's got more than four total touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he's got. Yeah. No, he's got six total. He's got two on the ground and four through the air. He has more turnovers than he does touchdowns. Mm. Wow. That's. Yeah, that's that gives me a lot of hope right there. Yeah, there's opportunity. That that's there definitely is a, yeah. there's opportunity. Colts are gonna have to really take advantage of that. Uh and I, I think the the style of defense that they play, I think they can. Um, and then offensively, like I said, just don't turn the ball over. I get that uh in the Tennessee game, the Colts won the turnover ratio and still lost. But this is a different Which week. Is, that, that's something that generally right. does not Doesn't happen. No. <laughs> right, right. Three turnovers. It's a good chance you win that game. Yeah, <laughs> great chance yeah. you win that football game. Uh, but yeah, they, they the Colts defense they've been able to. You know, like I I agree. Listen, I don't know what the percentage is, but when you don't turn the ball over and you create turnovers, that percentage goes all the way up. Uh, it's staggering, staggering percentage. So there, there is a chance. No doubt. I think if we every week any you, anyone can win any given Sunday, and that's the beauty of this game. And uh, hey, you know when I was with the Browns, we beat the we beat the Patriots one year with Tom Brady. So anything could be done. Anything <laughs> right. could be done. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate each and every one of you. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, and tag the notification bell. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, wherever you listen in the, to audio podcast, make sure you download, share this out to your favorite social media, help us out a little bit here. That way we can, um, maybe grow a little bit and get, get, get our information out to more Colts fans or just general NFL fans. Thank you so much. And for myself and Dequel Jackson, have a good one. Hope everything yes. works out great for you this week. And, uh, good luck this Sunday versus uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to let everyone know: Hey, we're 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 in it. I'm a, I'm a huge. I want the Colts to pull this out this this weekend. And again, just to piggyback off what you just said, uh, it's going to be tough, but I do think there's a chance, and uh, we're here to support them. However, however we see fit. Absolutely. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's the Quell Jackson. Have a good one. Go Colts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.